You're listening to Melissa Gearing, the Naked Naturopath. Mel is a qualified naturopath, herbalist, and nutritionist. She can't wait to share her thoughts on all things health and wellness with you. Hi everyone and welcome to the Naked Naturopath. I'm Mel and I just want to preface this particular podcast by letting you guys know that the information given on the Naked Naturopath is not intended as health advice for any one individual. If you have any health concerns, please make a booking with your health professional. I see clients in the clinic on a one-on-one basis. This means that I can tailor their healthcare and look after them in a way that I cannot do through a podcast or through a blog or through my website or any other way than getting to know you, your clinical history and how I can best help you and what herbs to prescribe. So please, if you have any worries, do make sure that you look after yourself by making a booking with your chosen health professional. If you want to make a booking with me, then you can go to the website www.mgherbs.com and you can make a booking there or you can call the clinic as well and the phone numbers are there. If you have any queries, questions, concerns, then you can email me info at mgherbs.com.au. I love to hear from you. If you have any podcasts that you would like me to do, I would also love for you to email them to me. So we'll begin this podcast. I wrote a blog a little while ago about the first three months of being a mum, and I wanted to expand on that in a podcast. I realized that having a baby does not make me an expert in the baby field, but I do find myself drawn to all people who have had babies and every baby story. And there's this new special place in my heart that kind of fills up when I see fellow mums. You know, and I think that it's just it's kind of an attempt to understand what's happening to me and, and to everybody else and if it's all normal and and the other half is like you know I need to know that somebody else is going through what you're going through with this in mind um, you know the the urge for me to talk about it and to write has really become a need and I certainly am not going to go into the business of only talking and writing about uh, fertility and babies and all that kind of stuff. And I do apologize to my listeners who are, have no interest in this. You'll have to just skip ahead to the next podcast um, or listen to one of the old ones. Uh, but yeah, look, I think that it's definitely something that we love to talk about. I was in the supermarket yesterday with hubby and um, Callie and we, I just, you know, this lady was kind of pushing her trolley and pulling her pram. And I said to her, do you need a hand? And the baby was screaming and she was like, no, no, it's all good. You know, this and that. She started telling me about him. And, and, um, I said, no worries. You sure you don't want me to push, push your trolley to the car? No, no, she's all right. You know, cause we're very independent, us new mums. And Sam was like, do you know her? And I said, no, no, it's just that we both have little babies, so that makes us the best of friends. And I love that. I love that this whole new world has opened up to me of people that I can talk to. I've definitely discovered a newfound respect for anyone with a child, as well as a real new appreciation for my own mum, you know, and what she went through to raise three children very closely, consecutively born in a time when there wasn't as much information as there, in now, there is now and there's, there was certainly a different um, cultural, um, you know, taboo and, and um, all, all different connotations, of, you know, with having a baby when my mum did and out of wedlock and um, all that kind of stuff. So I've formed a new appreciation for her. 
I found that there was so much information and support when I was pregnant and there was loads of time to learn and look up stuff and find out information and talk to everybody, um, you know, because you have a bit of time with, you know, a half a year pretty much by the time you find out that you're going to have a baby and and um, get over the morning sickness, hopefully. I did have some friends who did not get over their morning sickness ever throughout the whole nine months, which I just think is incredibly unfair. Um, but, yeah, look, you've got time to, to do all that. And then once you have Bubba, there's, there was almost like this, for me, two weeks of intense, mm, unsupported, you know, no matter, no matter how my family tried to support me, I felt... I still felt unsupported in my new role as a mum and like I had no idea what I was doing. And I also felt a great rage towards all the women I'd spoke to in my pregnancy previously. You know, like, why didn't they warn me? Um, you know, tell me how hard labour really is so that I could have been better prepared. But, you know, now I think that there's no way that I could have been better prepared. I had done, I'm a Virgo. So I had done everything that I could to prepare myself in terms of um, baby room and natal pack and research on everything from what would happen if I needed an emergency cesarean to, you know, vaccinations uh, at the two-year-old two point, you know. So I, I really had done probably too much research and I don't think that anything would have helped me to prepare anymore and I don't know that any preparation really would have changed anything anyway so I I really want to touch on the pressure that there is on women you know in terms of having a baby and and the societal pressures that we go through there was definitely a pressure for me to have a natural birth and many people were surprised that I didn't have a home birth and I am so I, I felt really torn with that for a long time and I'm so pleased now that I did end up in the hospital even though it wasn't where I planned I wanted to have the best of both worlds so to say and have have Bubba with the midwives um, but that didn't turn out the way that I had hoped and I'm really pleased now that I ended up in the hospital because I, I did have complications and I I did need help so I was really thankful for that but the idea that the mums are some kind of failure if we don't have a natural birth, if we do need pain relief, if we do need a cesarean. It's just so ridiculous and it makes me so angry, so angry. I was reading an article the other day about uh, a new mum, you know, who was talking about her, she just had her um, second baby, sorry, and she was talking about her first baby and how her husband and her mother used to, secretly give the baby formula because he was actually starving because she wasn't producing enough breast milk and the idea that as new mums and um you know as as women who are meant to do this you know we're meant to make babies and we're meant to push them out and it's meant to all be fine and then we're meant to breastfeed them for two years and that's a really intense pressure to have and I just I felt so sorry for that poor woman because I have seen it so many times in the clinic and with other mums, the pressure to breastfeed. And I just think, you know, there's pros and cons to both, certainly. And, of course, you know, um, we're going to breastfeed wherever we can. But 
you know, babies who are bottle fed actually get vitamin K, whereas a breastfed baby doesn't. So there's pros and cons to both. And I think that that's really important to do what works best for you. And I know that I always say that, which is um, sometimes sounds like a, a bit of a cop out, but it's not. It's it's really working out what's going to work best for you. And there's times that I've thought I'm, I'm going to need some formula and I've looked into what formula I would buy and, um, you know, um, what, what I do with that. And I'm probably now at a point where I'm five months into breastfeeding. We started giving her pumpkin and apple and pear and stuff like that out of around the four month period because she was very interested in food and she could hold her head up really well. And, um, I'm probably now at a point where I would like some formula at my in-laws house and at my parents' house because I'm back to work and I am not producing as much milk as she would like. And I'm definitely the food is helping, but sometimes she needs something more, um, you know, in terms of them only having one baggie of milk that I've expressed. So it's becoming more difficult to express. It's also becoming more difficult to breastfeed. And, in that you know she's more difficult to hold she's very strong she's clutching at my breasts because she wants to hold them you know because when she does have the bottle of express milk she holds it and she holds her water bottle now and um, it's getting really hard to hold her and she'll kind of turn her head and looking around and she takes my nipple with her and and I know that some of my colleagues and maybe even my friends will be like Mel you've got to breastfeed like you know breastfeed as long as you can and all that kind of stuff and certainly I will but I also am definitely based in reality and one of my biggest biggest mantras is that we need to be balanced and we need to look at what is best for us what is best for our children and and um I think I think there's a, a nice medium there that can be met I have seen women try to breastfeed and ruin ruin their relationships and um you know some some of their mental health like their mental health definitely declines uh from the stress and the anxiety that that the breastfeeding has caused because they have constant mastitis and um issues with that so i i i don't think that is what is best for the baby or the mum when that occurs so I've gone on a bit of a rant there about societal pressures, but I, I really believe that if you want to have a cesarean, that's fine. Um, if you want to have a natural birth, that's fine. If you want to bottle feed, then that's fine. You know, get that colostrum into them if you can at the start and then do what is best for you. I think there there's no way to describe the, the experience that having a baby um, really is except to experience it yourself. And, and um, you know, I look at my in-laws and I, th- I just am amazed by how affected they are by being grandparents. And I would say that it's the same for all of these life stages. You know, it's something that you just cannot know until you experience it yourself. And having Callie was the most painful, excruciating and frightening thing that I've ever done um but also the most grounding and rewarding um thing that I've ever done but it has definitely taken me you know she's five months now and it it took me a good three or four months to look back and realize that you know everything was okay that we're going to get through the bad times and the hard times and the no sleep and (laughs) the the uh, painful feeding and and all that stuff and that it'll be 
it will, I know that it is worth it, but that it, it will get to a point where it gets easier. And I think at about the month point, I felt like every day got easier. So that was really nice. And now I feel like it happens in bigger bounds, you know, days are easier, weeks are easier, and we, we have less and less uh, difficult times. And I have to remind myself that we are very fortunate to have an incredibly good baby. You know, she sleeps well and she she eats, she loves her food and she's very healthy. Um, so I can't even fathom what it would be like if, if Bubba, you had an unwell Bubba in any way. Um, and I get a bit teary even thinking about it. <laughs> it's definitely taken me months to find my breath again and sometimes I still feel like I can't take a deep breath in because there's so much worry and one of the other things I wanted to bring up on this podcast was anxiety because when you have a baby you worry about everything and there's this thing called catastrophizing and it's something that I definitely do and I think um, is really normal in the first year of uh, post post uh, post um, having baby and this is when you are most prone to postnatal depression as well so it doesn't always happen straight away um, you know like I'll say like in the movies postnatal depression can happen up up to a year up to two years after you have a baby and I think that the exhaustion just catches up with you and I've written a blog about breastfeeding being a job and it really is a full-time job to eat enough food and to drink enough fluid and to look after yourself to produce enough milk. So you've got that on your plate as well. And you have this thing that, this little thing that depends on you for everything, um, you know. So that is a huge, huge burden and a huge worry. And so I find myself thinking that everything will go wrong or almost waiting for everything to go wrong and then, I beat myself up because, you know, surely something's going to go wrong if I don't have a positive attitude and all that negativity might seep into, um, you know, my breast milk and then Callie will be negative or her mental health will be affected and, and it goes around and around and it becomes quite cyclic and, and it can, and it can be really devastating to have all these thoughts. And, um, I think it's really, really common. I have so many women who come in with, uh, you know, 15 to 18-month-olds who are really struggling and there's very little support in terms of education and, and um, you know, mental health plans and, and things like that after so far along at that point after birth because we're so well supported through pregnancy, so well supported at the start there and um, I think as mums we kind of get left behind at that point. And it may not be till then that we come up for air and realise that we are feeling low because baby starts to be able to do things on her own and you get a little bit more time to think and that's when things can fall apart. So it's really, um, really important to take time out now wherever I can and wherever you can if you do have a new baby so that you have a breath and self-check and realise where you're at Um you know, and I haven't fully rediscovered myself yet, but I'm starting to see glimpses of my pre-labor self. <laughs> you know, not that I minded being completely besotted with Callie and enthralled with her and and um, 
not noticing the rest of the world for a while, but now it's kind of this mix of these beautiful moments and then a rare hour or two where I think, you know, like, like I actually I don't even think about her. And I remember Sam walked in to work one day and I had just finished with a bunch of clients and I was on that high that you get from clients being happy with herbs and feeling better and, and all that kind of stuff. And, and I was like, oh, what's Sam got in his hands? And, and I was like, oh, it's Kelly, my baby. <laughs> so I had forgotten. And I thought briefly about, like, honestly, I thought, I thought, oh, I'm such a bad mum, and started to beat myself up about it. And it's so easy to do. And we are always willing to beat ourselves up as new mums. And instead, I took a breath and decided that it was really healthy for me to have that time out and to, and to you know, almost forget for an hour that, that I had a new baby. And um, now even sometimes when she sleeps, I work or I write and I'm present with myself again and I check in and I truly believe it makes me a better mum because I can have some time to myself and then I can appreciate every little smile and word that she has for me. I know I'm definitely still tired and exhausted and I you know, get teary and upset, but having some time out for myself really makes a difference to how I look after Bubba and, and definitely how Sam and I, this relationship plays out as well because um, having five minutes to myself makes makes me less cranky um, overall. And I know the other night I took five minutes out just to have a sandwich and and have a cup of tea and I left Callie in the lounge room with Sam and I went into one of the spare bedrooms and I just did that and I read my book for five minutes and honestly five minutes now feels like an hour of time out without Bubba and it makes such a difference like I came out 200% better ready to go again and could put her to bed and and could face it all again you know it's there's no denying you know the first few months are hard and she's here pulling the cord of my computer right now um, so I'm thinking about her and I'm trying to record the podcast and it's constant and there's so much uncertainty and you, no matter how sure you were of something five minutes ago, when you look at it now that, you know, you, you might Google it or you talk to somebody you go, oh, I was completely wrong about that or I should have done it that way and, you know, there's so much uncertainty but you you do what is best for you at the time and you try to stay away from the Googling and the online forums and, you know, you can beat yourself up about being teary as much as you like, but it's just all really normal. Apart from, you know, aside from all that, as well as all of that, there are so many firsts and so much joy. Yeah, Bubba. And, you know, I felt sad and confused and distraught and elated and blessed and proud all before breakfast. It's just very emotional and it's a huge ride and, and it's, amazing and I know that my life will never be the same but I wouldn't want it to be I wouldn't change it I wouldn't change it for the world no um, <laughs> one thing a baby does is definitely put everything into perspective and the important things in life and the people really make themselves clear and the rest just kind of falls away so life is simpler but in a way more complex way and I have a lot more anxiety but it's not about the things that I used to be anxious about it's, it's all very new but the one thing I want to leave you with is that life is very, very good. Life is very good at the moment and it's a very special time of life and 
uh, for any expecting mums. And I know that I have a lot of clients expecting at the moment, and that's who I do these podcasts for and the blogs. I um, I hope that this might might help you a little bit or just give you a bit of a uh, bit of something to listen to because I loved listening to other people's stories and and how they're going. So. Hope you enjoy it and I hope to hear from you. Please subscribe and review my podcast so I know that you're listening in. And as I said at the start, if you do have any podcast requests, let me know. Info at mgherbs.com.au. Thanks so much for listening. If you like what we do here at The Naked Naturopath, then be sure to rate, review and subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. To learn more about Mal and MG Herbs, jump onto mgherbs.com, follow us on Facebook at MG Herbs Australia and Instagram at MG Herbs Official. Please keep in mind that all advice and opinions on The Naked Naturopath are not individualized. To get the right advice for you, be sure to make a booking with Mal or your health professional. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.